So, uh, the Giants, huh? Ugh. Just, ugh. Not very good. No, I'm really sad. <laughs> really, really, the season's over. I can't really sing. <laughs> yeah. La, 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 Well, hello and welcome yeah. to the SBNY Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I'm here with Alec Argento, as you heard in the open. We are not happy campers at the moment. The New York football giants laid an egg again in primetime football. Alec Argento, welcome to the pod again. What's up? Which how do you, under better terms. How do you feel right now about this damn game? Well, Giants are, need to win next week or their season's over because I think it's something like 96% of teams who go 0-3 are just done for the season. So this is fun that I had to wait till you know, like 11.30, 11.45 for the past two weekends uh, to watch the Giants lose. Love it. Gotta love it. Last place in the division. I believe the statistic is for 0-2, it's 86% of teams don't make the playoffs. And I assume that it just gets worse if you're 0-3. It was not a good night for the offense again. There was a few little glimpses of the offense playing well. But glimpses are not consistency. And there was zero consistency tonight. You want to give an LVP out? A least valuable player? I mean, there's one glaring I think we, I think least we valuable player. Is, I think you got to say Eric Flowers. Oh, yeah. Rick. Oh, oh, sure. Rick Flowers. The least valuable player to the Giants was Ziggy Ansah. <laughs> because my man lived in the backfield tonight. How Did he live there or did he live in Eric Flowers' head? Because I think he's living there rent-free. He actually spends the summers in Eric <laughs> Flowers' <laughs> head. And then as soon as winter comes, he takes a red eye straight to New York City. Oof. To the back to the backfield. Just oof. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is the Sports Block New York podcast. If you're joining us... On this Tuesday morning, maybe Wednesday, depending on your listening habits. This podcast, as always, is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, as well as Google Play, SoundCloud, the whole nine. But if you joined Alec and I on Monday night to listen to John Gruden spit fire down the Giants' neck. John Gruden's trash. He's trash. We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) But thank you for joining us today because the Giants really put together a performance that was frustrating. Because they had these few little signs... The Evan Engram touchdown. Odell had a few catches. Eli made some plays where he didn't just fall and accept the sack. But overall, a whole lot of third and long draws and a lot of balls that weren't past the first down marker. More frustration from the offense. Now, Alec, you said the season could be over next week. Yep. When you say that, it sounds like a hot take, but I don't think it is. Can you just back that point up a little more? Just give me some more, some more things to be miserable about. Uh, well, I liked all the drop passes um, in like Brandon Marshall's chest and Evan Ingram's, you know, just going on top of the ball instead of going underneath and getting knocked out. That was cool. Um, I like how we didn't get it on fourth down the two times we tried. That was pretty chill too. Um, so it's fun. It's fun being a Giants fan, being, thinking that we were going to win the division. In fairness, the, the leader, all three other teams are only one and one. So there's that, something to salvage there. That is quite the lucky uh, caveat, if you will. And I think I said in the preview of the NFL that I think this can be one of those years where like nine and seven wins the division, mm-hmm. and that looks possible after you know the Broncos really shut down the Cowboys. Yeah. Washington isn't great. The Eagles look like the best team yeah. right now, and I mean I picked them to win the division, so you know shout out me. But my Giants don't look good at all. Are you proud of yourself for picking the Eagles? You're a dirtbag. <laughs> I kind of am, but I like Always my man. I like my man Carson Wentz. I can't lie. And I just felt like he was going to have a breakout year. So far, he looks good. But he I think. Good at the beginning of last season, but too. What's, what's more shocking is the question how good Carson Wentz may look or how bad the offense and Eli might look? The offense or the offensive line? And well, let's, all the, let's lump them together. Little, little let's ca- lump them together. Little caveat, in fairness. That's the second time we use caveat. Yeah. And we're not even five minutes into this podcast. We're a caveat, Chai. I think we should just acknowledge that to start it so that it, you know, we're a caveat podcast. That's yeah, our thing. That's what it that's is. That's our brand. That's what we're about. <laughs> but we did have a lot of people not playing today. Uh, BJ Goodson, our uh, left outside linebacker, or right outside, I forget which one. Uh, I forget Middle. No, he's, he's an outside linebacker. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Jack Rabbit wasn't playing. Um, uh, Bobby Hart got hurt immediately, so then uh, Justin Pugh had to play right tackle. But it really wasn't any of their fault. Whose fault it was was Eric Flowers. And I, as a Giant fan, I think any Giant fan knows exactly who Eric Flowers is and how he just can't defend against it. Is it how is it possible that he keeps getting worse and worse every year? I have no. I've never seen anybody in the NFL get worse 
each year after they came in. Like he sucked when he first came in. Got even he was the worst left tackle in the league his rookie year. Was then the worst left tackle with worst numbers his second year, and it's looking like he's just you know trying to break records on on the uh, negative end uh, in, in this season. All right, well, I feel you. You're I right. Think, no, I'm going to get my frustrations out of this podcast. We have time. Have we have time. So let's nope. do let's do some uh, let's do some cleanup real quick. All right. Sure. So SBNY podcast. Peter Kennedy, Alec Argento. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter. My Twitter is at pkennedy2wise, and our Twitter is at sportblognyc. Hit us up. Tell us what you think. We're actually going to shout out some of our best Giants takes that we got so far on the Twitter machine because we got some good ones so far. So we're going to turn to that in a minute. Sure. But I also want to mention that we are going to talk some Yankees on this podcast because you know what? Behind. You know what, New York fans and Alec? <laughs> I mean, you are a New York fan, but I want to also shout you out. You know what? The Giants lost and they're 0-2. But the Yankees won, so that's something to be proud of. Well, so did the Red Sox, so that was pretty chill too. Well, you know what? I was trying to give you guys... Something. I was throwing you a bone. I'm not a Yankees fan. I was trying to be happy for you guys. But you didn't lose, all right? Beggars can't be choosers. I don't want bones. I want to just be like miserable and allow me to be miserable because that's where I'm at right now. I have to look forward to the Knicks. When you have to look forward to the Knicks, that's a bad spot you're in. <laughs> oh, man. All right, it's time to turn to Twitter. Let's look at some of these takes because we got some good ones. Again, at Sportblog NYC, at PKennedy2Wise. So the first one we got, which was really good, it was all caps. And shout out to... Um, the lady named Christiana Caruso so, at double C twenty one. She wrote in all caps, and this was funny. Steve Weatherford would have stopped Agnew in his tracks. <laughs> Brad Wing, Brad Wing, you are on lookout now. Keep your head on a swivel. Steve Weatherford might about to make a comeback. Do you trust a guy who wears braces as an adult? I don't. How could you? I, I can't. Is he? Can he not even get Invisalign? No, no. He, he's got the weird ones that are like pink, that like look like your gums are on your teeth. I'm out on Bradway. I'm just out on him entirely. He had he had punts that went backwards all all, all night tonight. I'm out on Bradway. I, well, I want Steve Weatherford back. I want his unnecessary jackness in in the clubhouse again. I don't. I don't I'm out on Bradway. He's dead to me. You know what? I actually just made that as a joke. I did not think you were gonna hit me with the real no, I'm get Bradwing outtake. I'm out on him. But I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm not against that at all. It was a funny tweet as well. Let's keep going with the Twitter sphere. We got my man, a uh, friend of mine, friend of the show, I will say, Chris Spellman. He's been listening for a while, my man. So at SpellDaddy15, and he comes up at us with, are they worse than the Jets? Hashtag embrace debate. Oof. <laughs> Do you want me to respond? Yeah, I want you to respond. Yeah, I actually think the Giants are the worst, um, have the worst offense in football. And I said this when they had their draft. Everyone loved Evan Ingram. Everyone loved Brandon Marshall. I said it. It doesn't make the team any better. You did not address any of the issues that you had. This offense has no time to do anything. You know, and, and obviously Odell was playing a little hurt there. They didn't like him crossing the middle after he got upended in that first one. You don't want to see him get hurt tonight. Um, but this offense is the same exact offense from last year. It was getting rid of Victor Cruz and, and replacing him with. Uh, with uh, Marshall. Marshall doesn't make you any better when Eli has no time. The entire it doesn't matter what who lines up against Eric Flowers in the left tackle, he's gonna get past him. Whoever get on the right side is gonna get past him too. It's it, it, the team is not any better, and it doesn't matter what weapons you have if you have no time to do it. So this this offense might be the worst offense in in, in football. Their defense is so great, and the special teams made a flub today, which really should have been a one possession game, and then it really changes the whole dynamic of everything. But you know we don't have Steve Weatherford anymore. We have the Australian brace face. Uh, <laughs> the Australian brace. That's his face. new name forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep that one up. I like that. I don't know if you just thought of that on the spot or not, but no big, hey, no big deal. Kudos to you. Let's keep <laughs> it on Twitter. One of our own SBNY writer. He's at De Italiano. His name's Anthony, and he said to us, "Is Brandon Marshall cooked or washed? <laughs> he's trash. He's trash emoji. <laughs> he's he's not cooked or washed. He's just straight trash, homie. He's and I can't wait until Brandon Marshall goes full Brandon Marshall and just." He blames everyone on the team for why he drops open open passes. Because that changes the... If he catches that pass that was right in his, in his chest, that changes the whole dynamic of that game. And instead, you know, we lost the game pretty embarrassingly. And we just keep watching... Or keep on prime time where we keep losing in front of the whole nation. So that's... The, the two prime times to start the season do not help. They don't make for an easy road in the beginning of the season. I will give that. 
And I saw you actually send out a tweet and complain about it earlier who, in the who, week. Pete, who likes primetime football that starts at 8.30 at night? Everyone's got work the next day. Who wants to wait up till 11.45 if your team loses? That's miserable. I hate it for any – and I'm going to go on a little rant here because I hate it when baseball – because the Yankees – New York teams are always on primetime. They're always on primetime. The good ones. Yeah. And I, even the Knicks, except for this year, they don't have a lot. I can't wait. Which I can't is great. Wait, I can't wait that they're not on primetime. I can't wait to watch them in a reasonable time. And We're, we're going to get a whole lot of Mike Breen and Clyde, a whole lot of Spiridides, a whole lot of... Uh, Wally. A little, little bit of Wally. A oh, little Wally action. <laughs> oh, give, give me it. I don't need, I don't need primetime. The Knicks can't handle it, all right? I can get behind some Han. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I watch, a lot of, I watch a lot of Yankees and Giants and Knicks. The Yankees are always on primetime baseball. You know how many times, you know who they always play against? Good teams that affect their standings. You know what I don't want to watch? The Yankees blowing it in the ninth inning against the team ahead of them, where the team directly behind them. And I, it's, I look at the clock because it starts at eight o'clock and baseball is four hours. Uh, and the game, you know, they lose it. 12 o'clock at night. And I just watched the Giants lose at 11.45 at night. So now, not only are you tired at work, but now you're also miserable. But there's nothing worse than a football <laughs> loss because it affects your whole week. Like, a baseball loss sucks, but you can get past it. A football loss, I have to, I, I don't know about you, I go radio silent. I can't go on the internet. I, I, can't, I can't go radio silent, man. I, you know me. I can't do it. Like, oh, nice, Pete. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Pete just uh, just broke a bottle on my ass. That was pretty chill of him. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know what? It happens, okay? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just affects my whole week. I can't go on I can't go on the Giants Reddit, which I love going on, on on my team's Reddits after a win. It's great. It's just everyone's just really happy and just wants to just... But wait, can I ask you a question? Why? Because you just said to me earlier how you want to be miserable... You want to just soak in your misery. Don't you want to go on Reddit and be miserable with the rest of your no, Giants fans? No, 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 Because that's like a dangerous game. You're you want to know why? I got why. Why? Because guys like Tucker Boggs. Tucker Boggs. Classic case of Tucker Boggs, am I right? Tuck, I, got, I got the bad case of Tucker Boggs, man. <laughs> well, Tucker Boggs tweeted at Sportblog NYC. He quoted one of our tweets and said, Like I said before, typical Giants Super Bowl season. Look god-awful for half the year. Everyone is about to lose their job. Then they make a Super Bowl run. Do you, do you trust Ben McAdoo to do that? No. Better question. Wait, hold on. Do, do you trust him McAdoo that? Do you? Oh, okay. That's a, that's a live high five on the podcast if you're wondering what that clap was. I was going to say, do you trust Ben McAdoo? Do you trust Tucker Box? This guy. I'm McAdoo. He's way. <laughs> All right. That's too much. No more of that. No more of that. That's actually pretty good. I guess I'm but... McAdoo try not to. <laughs> oh, man. Well. I mean, Tucker's confident, and I give him credit because as a Giants fan, you know, we need some confidence. There's just not many places to grab confidence. Do you trust – you, you're different than me. I can't trust a, a fan of my team that's always optimistic because I'm the most pessimistic person in the world. I've been saying to the entire – everyone who's a Yankee fan or, uh, has been saying that this is like, you know, such a, such a funny, surprising year. I just can't wait for the other shoe to drop. That's how I am with the Giants. I'm like, this is over. This season is over. I'm not going to watch football. I'm done. I'm out. And this guy on Twitter, Tucker Boggs, right? Yes. I, I'm going to actually defend him in a second, but go on. I, I just don't – I don't trust you because how could you be optimistic? When you watch – I assume he watches the Giants every year like I do. I would hope so. And you know what I see a lot – yeah, they've had those two Super Bowl seasons. You know what I've seen a lot? A lot more failures than wins. A lot more losses than wins when it comes to the Giants. A lot of a lot of 6-10 and ten seasons. A lot of just missing uh, the playoffs. A lot of losing games that you shouldn't and winning the games you should. Uh, you should uh, no other way around. Uh, we, got, we got what you're yeah. saying. But wait, here's here's the caveat. Oh, caveat. We're, we're big caveat guys. This podcast, caveat podcast. This is a caveat podcast. It's caveat okay? podcast. So this is what, you know, triggered Tucker Boggs to say such a thing. So I'm going to give him some credit. Gave you a little crap before, but here's some credit for you, Tucker, all right? So don't come at me with a bunch of hate. The tweet that he responded to says this. Since 2007, 83 teams have started 0-2. Only 9.2% have made the playoffs, the 2007 Super Bowl Giants are one of those nine teams. Oh, I like that. Because you know what that means? I get to watch my 07 and 2011 uh, Super Bowl run DVDs that I have. And then I get to rewatch Rudy, which is a heartwarming film about a comeback kid. Uh, so that's a, <laughs> that's a tradition in my household that I do with my brother, and I really look forward to that. So I hope he's right, but I'm not going to latch on to it. I'm just going to assume that the world's ending. So. You know what? You say you're a big caveat guy. You're a fraud. I just gave you a great caveat, and you shut it right down. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like to tangentially be part of a caveat. I don't like to actually believe in it. I, I like big, to do big my... tangentially, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only podcast in the game to do caveats and tangentially. <laughs> oh man, that's great stuff. All right, this is the SBNY podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy. Al Gargento in the house. So we're going to be talking more about the Giants, about the offense. We're going to throw some other NFL topics in there as well. But of course, we got to touch about these Yankees because they're in a serious playoff run. They have a chance to make the division. Uh, not super likely, but they're also probably going to be in that that one wildcard game. So it's a lot to talk about as well. But we're going to get to that. We're going to stick with the Giants for a little bit, and we're going to touch some you other talk NFL. About the Jets at all? We can talk about maybe the Jets will come up in conversation. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Embra- embrace some debate. I don't want to talk about the Jets. <laughs> but again, this podcast is sponsored by Wooter Apparel. So go out and check them out at Wooter Apparel. It's W-O-O-T-E-R Apparel. Hit them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and at WooterApparel.com. Use discount code SBNY at your purchase for the freshest gear, freshest jerseys, hoodies, backpacks, the whole nine. Check them out at Wooter Apparel. Wooter! Yeah, yeah. Wooter. Right. <laughs> well, at least we can have some fun, right? So at least we can... Sit here 0-2 with the Giants and joke about it. But there's not really much to joke about with the Giants. No, I'm really sad. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I just I can't wrap my head around this. I don't this isn't this is this season's off the books for me. Like, it's over. You're, you're done. You're giving I'm up. literally over I'm not gonna go back. That's the worst thing about football. It's li- and like I, I, I'm a I'm a huge Giants fan, but I'm a bigger Yankee fan than I am a Giants fan. I'm a bigger Yankee fan. Oh, than so I am you're just gonna jump ship and go no, no, the no. Giants unless they come back and you're gonna be a fraud again? No, it's it's not that. It's it's well, I'm, I'm I always support the Giants no matter what. I never give up, and I watch the Knicks every year till the end of the season. Which yeah, is like a, like a crazy person. That's fair. You're miserable right now, but by next Sunday you're ready to go. Yeah, of course. I'm yeah. not gonna give up on them. But the 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 what I love about baseball is that you can get over a loss, and there's always the next game. Football is so short. That these two losses literally probably mean the season, and literally I, probably, uh, yeah. I don't know how else better you can say that actually. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. It's literally so, probably going to end the season. Yeah, so once you get back <laughs> off, uh, once you back off a little bit, Pete. it's just a, a tangential way to go around. You that. don't know what the word tangential means, do you? <laughs> I do, I do. I just want to use it. I do. Yeah, yeah all right. I'm, I'm watching you. All right, so I want to I want to bring up a specific guy who you mentioned before, and he's a man who you get mixed reviews from. Coming into the season, and that's Brandon Marshall. So you talk to some Jets fans, and Jets fans say, you know what, year one, love the guy. Year two, piss me off. So a lot of optimistic Giants fans would say, hopefully this year one he'll be fine. And maybe he still will be. It's only been two games. He's but like what 33 we, years old. Right, but what we've seen out of him in the first two games has been a lot of quietness in the first game. And then he had some action in, ra- in the round two, second game of the season. And he dropped arguably one of the biggest passes of the day. He saw little footsteps. Whatever happened, happened. He dropped the ball. My take on Brandon Marshall was that he was going to mean more to the Giants than he would to, say, your fantasy team. I don't think he's going to be a stats guy this year. Yeah. And clearly it's looking like that part's going to hold true. But so far, he hasn't been the distraction that he should be. He hasn't been the pass catcher that he should be. And he hasn't made one play with the ball in his hands. How crazy is it that we're, we're like, commending him for not being a distraction after two games? Like, well, but no, like, I'm not, I'm no, not really commending he, him. I'm I, just saying. No, I, I, I actually, I, I was doing that because I think he will be a distraction sooner rather than later. Because this team, I feel, I have a bad feeling about this team. It's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, we've heard you talk for the past 18 minutes. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Brandon Marshall is going to call out this team. And be a locker room cancer sooner rather than later. I think the only way you fix it is if you go get a, a tackle on the on the trade market, and um, otherwise Brandon Marshall is going to bring down this team with him. Odell is a head case too. He's going to bring down the team with him, and you don't have any you don't have leadership in that locker room. Eli's not a vocal leader. He never has been, but he leads by example. Obviously, right. you don't have a Coughlin type. To get in these people's faces and show that they mean just as much as the next guy next to them. Demand professionalness. <laughs> yeah, and that's professionality. But <laughs> professionalism. Ah, there you there go. You go. <laughs> but but that's always what I loved about the Giants and the Yankees and something the Knicks don't have is that they 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 have a culture to them. I don't think Ben McAdoo brings that culture. I love Ben McAdoo because he's funny to look at. He's kind of laissez-faire. He's very laissez-faire. Yeah. Um. I don't. I just don't think he commands a locker room. I think it, it was all right last year because things were going well. He's a horrible play caller. Or he, or this, since he took over head coach duties, he's been a horrible play caller. And Spags has bailed them out because he's 
probably, in my opinion, probably the best defensive coordinator in the league. Or the best that the Giants have had in their in their history of our lifetime. He, but he's, he's even better than when we had him the first time. Yeah, well, I mean, he, has, he left and didn't succeed, but he was a head coach. I know, he's you're not right. a head coach. You're right, you're right. But I'm just saying, yeah, you know, what he, what he's he not does, God. What he does with his packages out there and, and how, he, how he blitzes, and he's very creative in his play calls. They also spent, hold on, they spent $200 million on defense, and, you know, they spent on a wide receiver. He, he finally has toys. He finally yeah. has toys to play with. The, 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 the offense has a few toys. They don't have the engine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, they have the engine up front on defense, so, and they have the Landon Collins, DRC, Janoris Jenkins when he's healthy as the toys. The, Gi- the Giants' offense is a beautiful Lamborghini with the engine taken out. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Right. So, they have an engine of a Toyota Corolla. After yeah. that's giving way too no, much credit. Yeah. Those things it's never It's a reliable die. car. It's a reliable <laughs> car. Don't hate on Corollas. That thing never <laughs> dies. Um, but that's exactly what it is. It's just it's, it's a pretty-looking uh, offense that can't. Like function at all. So Brandon Marshall, detrimental drop to the team on a big drive where Eli started to look like Eli. We said this yeah. when, we were, when we were watching the game, uh, end of third, early fourth, before it really went away. Eli started to look like Eli. He stepped up in the pocket, made a throw. He rolled to the left a little bit. He doesn't really roll. He kind of just uh, fades Eli, left. Eli and, had and some, some nice little Eli plays. That's where, what I'm saying. Yeah. Where he got a hit, of them. had a little magic, threw a ball up. I think uh, Ingram got one. It. Ingram got one. But but Shepard got one. It wasn't consistent and it was too late. The problem that I saw, and it's a, it's a nitpicky problem. So, you know what? I want you to be honest with me and you listeners as well. Hit me up on at SportWorldGuyWC at P. Kennedy 2 Wise if you think I'm being too aggressive here. All right? Am I that guy, and I put this on Twitter, am I that guy if I say that Evan Engram tried to be too much like Odell Beckham Jr. by catching his first career touchdown, getting a celebration penalty, doing too much, and then the next drive, when they get the ball back, he already ruined us with field position because of the penalty. The Giants luckily get the ball back. And then Engram tries to one-hand the ball where he could have made a better effort. I know it wasn't a good ball. He could have made a better effort at it, put two hands on it. And he didn't. And it was an interception. Can, am I being that guy by saying that is Engram trying to be like Odell, trying to yeah, impress, I, trying to do too much. Maybe on the side. I don't know. I don't, I don't, Am I, I being that guy? Be I honest. do. I do. I do think you're being that guy. Uh, I don't think that that pass – I really I, – we, we were watching it together and I told Pete he was making this point before. I don't think that you could blame Ingram on that. I mean, A, first of all, you have to accept that a rookie is going to make rookie mistakes sometimes. That wasn't an egregious mistake on his end. Eli, Eli has always done this in his career. He sells passes every now and then. And the, the interception – was a tip pass that was caught on the ground. Understood. Yeah. But my point is the fact that he could have made a better effort to get two hands in that ball. I don't think he could have. I think I think he was contorting his body backwards because he didn't ha- have the ability to get two hands on it. I think he knew that, if anything, he should have let it just, shouldn't have put a play on it because then it would have dropped to the floor. Well, and that would have looked even worse. It would have looked worse, but it wouldn't have resulted in a pick. Um, I don't think that you can blame him for that. I think he's excited. He made his first touchdown. That's fair. Uh, and you know the he's rules. feeling himself a little also, bit. Also, the rules in the NFL for touchdown celebrations are always changing. You don't know what, what's allowed and what's not anymore. Right. It's just unfortunate for his first touchdown. And you know what? I want to give him credit. He looked good. He brought some positive things to the offense. Absolutely. That was just one little nitpicky. No, thing but that you know I what? He did. He didn't. I don't think he did bring positives to the offense because he can't block. And that was the issue I had with him when they drafted him. He can't block. But he's at basically all. a receiver, and you got to accept that. But I don't want that. That's this is what I was saying. Like we we said this ad nauseum when they made when they made that pick. Love the player, hate the pick. He's he's horrible. He made a block or two. I saw, but you know what? You're right. He's, he's not a blocker. He's not what this team needs. It was the it was a bad pick for the Giants. And he could be. He he's going to be a very good tight end when they finally figure out figure out the uh, or or just a good receiver. He might just be a receiver. He's too tall to be a receiver. He, he can't actually be a legitimate receiver. He's got to. He he can't always go out because they can game plan him. He's got to be able to block so that they can. Like that's what I was saying to you before as well when we were watching the game. Red Ellison was catching passes. He caught a pass last week and he caught a pass this week. He's there when you don't want them to always know that he's there to block. Right. You want him to be out there to confuse the. It's all about confusing you the defense. Keep him honest. Yeah, exactly. So if he's out there to catch and he blocks well, then you don't know what to do with him. Ingram, you know, is not going to block. He's out there to catch. When that's the case, you can game plan around that and, co- and cover uh, in the post and everything like that. If, if you have yeah, a good middle linebacker. That's fair. You know what? I'll get behind it. I'm not giving up on Ingram. I mean, no, I know, no, I know, no, you're, no, I know no, you're not no. either. Hold on. I know you're not giving up either. You just say you don't like the pick. I'm still with the pick. I'm all for it. 
Uh, but I hear I hear what you're saying, and it's not a, a positive to his game, what he brings to the table overall with this team's needs. So I understand what you're saying. So let's move off Ingram because I don't think he's a real thing. That was just one nitpicky thing. You know what I, just let's move. Yeah, what do you got? You know what I was thinking? I, I thought this with Frank Nielakino on the next two, but I really wanted Dennis Smith. Love a cross-sport comparison. Yeah, but I, Dennis Smith is, is like, you know, the, the, the Knicks picked a player who wasn't the flashier guy, but it really did fit what they needed. It fit it. It, it fit a need. Idea. Uh, uh, hopefully, optimistically, that he actually could produce what they think he is. He's the need. He's not going to score the points that Dennis Smith uh, is going to is going to score. But he fits a need. The Giants did the opposite of that. They took the Dennis Smith when they didn't need the Dennis Smith. If the Knicks got Dennis Smith, he would have stolen touches away from people who needed it and would have broke down the offense a little bit and it would have been yeah. just a similar situation. You know what? If, if, if we're lucky, this is what can happen. If we're lucky, we can say this. The Mavericks got Damian Lillard and we got Mike Conley. They're different players. Mike Conley's not a true scorer. He's a true point guard right. who plays D. Damian Lillard, Lillard is an assassin scorer who's a decent, an okay defender. Yeah. He's okay, I guess. And an okay, and a good point guard. Right. You know, so it's like different style and I feel you, it's like getting Evan Engram Versus getting, you know, maybe O.J. Howard is going to be an all-around tight end. That's why I wanted end. O.J. Howard. Maybe Engram will be as good as a receiver, but Eng- oh, Howard might be the better overall player. Same with David Njoku, yeah. and so on and so forth. You, you just don't know. But I, I don't think saying. Jerry Reese has ever been a good drafter. Uh, he's gotten lucky with a couple... couple. I mean, Odell fell in the draft because he was hurt uh, a little bit. I mean, everyone knew he was going to be fantastic. Landon Collins, they, they, they traded up for, which they, they never do that in the first round. Um, but they'll do that in other rounds. And Landon Collins is incredible. They traded up for him, and they, they saw a value in him. They don't do that in the first round. And at a certain point, when you need to be able to break that rule. Jerry Reese needs to be able to break that rule in his head so that he can get the player that he needs instead of just the best player available. I don't like yeah. the best player available mentality in football because when you so have glaring needs, yeah. If you're if you're a consistent team, then do what you got to do. But, Take the best player. But the, and glaring is like the biggest understatement in the world with the Knicks. I mean, with the Giants because. That whenever you watch a game and you watch that offensive line just get destroyed. Like, this might be a weird analogy, but I feel like my mom might know that the Giants O-line is horrible. Yeah, like, she it's, it's, it's so well documented. Like, she might have just heard through the grapevine from, like, watching ABC 7, like, Eyewitness News. Shout, shout, out, shout out to ABC 7, <laughs> yeah, by the way. True, yeah, thanks for the <laughs> use uh, discount code SPY. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Everybody knows the Giants' O-line is bad. There's no hiding it. Them and the Seahawks have the worst O-lines in the league, but Russell Wilson can at least make them look better. Um, but all right, let's, let's move off the Giants a little bit. Let's, right. let's, let's tangentially move off the Giants. Again, I don't think uh, you know the word. You don't know where I'm going yet, though. I don't think you know what the word means. So. Yeah, we're going to go on a tangent. <laughs> okay. But right. then we're going re- to reel it back to the Giants and the NFC East. All right? Okay, I'll give you a pass on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stick with me. <laughs> stick with me here. So I want to talk about a team that I think has been really fun, and they've kind of been a big talk of the team, uh, talk of the league so far, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And how this is going to connect back to us with the talking about the Giants is via the Eagles and then the Cowboys and the NFC East. But the Kansas City Chiefs have been absolutely exciting. So I want to raise a take to you, see what you think. I haven't really thought this one completely through, Team 1-32. to 32, But the combination of Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey – might be as good a running back, wide receiver, tight end combo as there is in the entire NFL. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's early to say. It's, but, that's but such a hot take. It. <laughs> it, it's it is it's a little such bit. A hot and, take. Like I said, I didn't think this one through one through team one to team thirty two, and I will maybe. Yeah, but what's, so what's your point here, though? But they, they're <laughs> what they what have the Kansas City Chiefs lacked in the past years? Offensive playmaking ability. They've had a great defense. They've they also the lost the best free safety that they've ever had. That's fair, but they have a good, they have a very good defense. And he missed a year in the past where they still made the playoffs. Um, they still have a great defense, even without Eric Berry. And now they possibly have the best tight end in the league. I think he is. Kareem Hunt has been fantastic that. as a rookie. I don't know the Travis. And Tyreek Hill is a real difference maker on the field. He's vertical. He's fast, and he could make plays with the ball in his hands. Yeah, but think I, about but it. But Alex Smith can't. He, I know he played well in Week One, but like he can't. Throw past 20 yards. I mean, he's been all week one and week two. You're right. That's fair. And that's why I said yeah. I want to take this with a grain of salt. Well, they think he might be he might be getting out of there. Go too. off the top. Think about a running back, wide receiver, tight end trio that's the next best one, the one better. Like, what, what, what ones are better? Like, yeah, Gronk Cooks and a four running backs. Who's, not that. Who's the tight end in Pittsburgh? I'm blanking. Jesse James, Antonio yeah. Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. That's close because Brown yeah. and Bell are so but good. Brown and Bell are so much better 
than Hill and Hunt. But Travis Kelsey's a lot better than Jesse James. Yeah, I know. I don't disagree with you there, but it's it's. I think You're it's right. Kind that, of a that's, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good kind one. Kind of a wash. And I, I, would, I would probably give Gronk's that to Gronk's hurt all the time, so I'm going to take Gronk out of there. And it's tough. I mean, Greg Olson just got hurt. If you want to throw the Panthers out there, but their yeah, receivers aren't anything yeah. special. No. Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart. I mean, think about it. The Chiefs might be the most real that they've been That's in the Andy I feel like era. you're picking and choosing what positions you want to highlight. The, the, the three offensive skill positions. I mean, yeah, but you also need a quarterback. I think he's been very good. He's been I, very, yeah, I, very I th- good. I think Alex Smith is what Alex Smith has always been. He's throwing the ball down the field at a great I clip. know, and that's going to stop as Alex Smith in his entire career has never done that. And eventually people are going to game plan for that. And Alex Smith is and he's a great dink and dunker. He's fantastic. He's made a career off of it. That's all he is. Yeah. I mean, all right, how about Julio Jones, Devonta Freeman, and then I think their, their number There's one tight end is Austin Hooper, who had a great play in week one, but he's really unproven. Yeah, well, so, so is Kareem Hunt. That's true. So is Tyreek Hill, honestly. They, yeah. they both are unproven, so that's fair. And I'm not saying so I'm, going, I'm, not, I'm not taking this to the grave. I wanted to bring it up. I think it's an interesting conversation. I think it was a weird point. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> Wait, why do you think it's weird? I think, I think you just picked and chose what you wanted to do. I think having a quarterback that can actually facilitate the ball to a receiver is more... I think if you put the quarterback into it, the Steelers are like incredibly better than that 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 trio. When you, If you turn that trio into a that, that's fair, yeah. but at the same time, the, the, they the, have not played nearly the, as well. The Patriots, well, yeah, but the, the, it's a two game. It's such a small, a small window. I mean, it's it's super difficult to 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 do that. All I right, mean, so we'll, let's revisit this in a while. Okay. Do you think the Chiefs are a legit team? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are a legit team. I think that whole I think that whole division is a fantastic division. They are very good. The Broncos. I think the Chargers. Pro- I, think the Char- I actually think the Chargers might end up winning the division. Well, Hot take. They lost two really close games. Oh, I forgot they lost yesterday. Oh, damn. All right. Well, anyway. But they lost two close games. They didn't get blown out. That's another thing. Whatever. The Chargers, that's fine. The Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs Bron- are way better. You think, you think the Broncos are a good team? They're better than the Chargers. You yes. Think, you think Trevor Simeon is, is going is, uh, is to lead that? I think he's Alex Smith and Jace, and the Denver Broncos and are really what, good. And what has Alex Smith won in this league? He's been to the playoffs every year. No. He's been to the playoffs a couple of years when he was on the Chiefs, when he was on the... Uh, he, made, he was he was leading the 49ers to the playoffs as well. He just wasn't bringing Then, he, then he lost his job to a guy who's not even in the NFL anymore. Oh, that's not that's a whole different topic. I'm just saying he lost his job to a guy who lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. That's that's a true statement that you just made. So, I'm not, so I can't argue it. And I'm not going to right now. But let's bring this back. Let's reel it back in. Because we still got to get to the Yankees in, in a couple, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. The 30, Chiefs, 40 the Chiefs, minutes. Yeah, who cares? The Chiefs played the Eagles. So that's how I was going to bring it back. And we also wrote the Broncos. The Broncos played the Cowboys. Makes it a little interesting <laughs> getting to see our direct NFC East competition against two well-rounded teams, to say the least, in the Broncos and the Chiefs. So Chiefs-Eagles. Eagles lost. It was probably closer than the score. I think they lost by two touchdowns. Closer than the score showed. But Carson Wentz had some good plays with some bad ones, but had some good plays. Eagles look pretty good. Do the, how nervous do the Eagles make you that they can run away with this division? I don't think they run away with. I don't think anyone runs away with this division. What has always been the case with the NFC East? Nine and seven can win it. Not, not even that. It's that when teams are good, everyone's good. When teams are bad, everyone's bad. This is gonna be. This might be a season where everyone in the NFC East is bad, or record-wise is bad. But so like eight and eight, nine and seven yeah, can win it. Is could, my point. Could also be where the the top one is a fourteen and uh, fourteen and two, and then the uh, uh, you know the second one is twelve and four. That's that happens. In well, they all have at least one loss, right? The Giants have two, obviously. I know. I'm just saying. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. just bringing it up. This, that that happens in the NFC, and it always has. So, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a very solid chance that that still happens. I don't. I think the Eagles have the best shot at this point since the Giants lost and winning the division. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys are a good team. I said I've been saying that for forever. I didn't think they were a good team last year. Um, you have said that. I will give you that. Yeah, and I don't. It was, it's, a, it's like it seems like a hot take, but I mean, you back it up. And we're gonna get to the Cowboys in a minute and how they uh, fared against the Broncos. So, real quick, next week the Giants play the Eagles. That matchup there seems like it could actually be a good matchup for the Giants because no, the Eagles match up really well against the Giants. The Giants lose that game. Where, where's the matchup issue for you? Their defensive, their front four is really good. Their front four is going to run all over off our offensive line. We won't score. They have a much better line than the Lions and the and the Cowboys, to say the least. They they they're they're a good defense. Their secondary isn't fa- isn't fantastic, but it doesn't matter. Eli doesn't 
need to get to the secondary because he isn't going to have the opportunity to get to the secondary because his offensive line is trash. Unless they go out this week and get a fantastic left tackle or a really good right tackle and switch things around, they match up horribly against the Eagles. Didn't the Eagles beat us? No, we won one, one week, uh, the first time we met. The reason I was looking at it as an okay matchup, and this is what I was first thinking about, and when you make the point about the D-line for the Eagles, great point. Giants defense, the Eagles offense. The Eagles offense has looked good, and Wentz has looked okay. Like they've looked positive, right? Jack Rabbit, Eagle, Apple, and uh, and DRC can destroy him. Exactly. My point there is that this can be a really low scoring game where the Giants just have to be in it to win it. Where the Giants may be able to hold the Eagles to fourteen points, seventeen points, and it may just take twenty for the Giants to win. But the Giants scoring twenty points has not come yet. They haven't. There's scored, not. They haven't scored thirty points in like two years. It doesn't Seriously? exist. Yeah. So, you know what? On one hand, it looks like a good matchup because we have the D to shut them down, but we can't score. And that is the glaring issue, and that's going to be the talk of this entire week. I, been, I, I, I have not stopped saying I hated it last year, and I have not stopped saying it since last year. This team is not good without an offensive line. We have the worst offensive line in football. You any quarterback would fail in this in behind that that thing. I don't care if you put Aaron Rodgers behind there, Ben Roethlisberger, whoever you deem to be the best quarterback uh, in the league. You can't throw if you have no time. I don't care how good Odell Beckham Jr. is. He's not. He he's gonna get covered. They're gonna game plan around the when middle. When they can just play that quick slant and just jump on that. Eli doesn't have time to let another route develop. Exactly. A lot of times. And exactly. Right. But I want to move off that because you know what? How many times can we say that the Giants O line's hard? I'll right? keep saying it all, all damn season. I don't want to hear you say <laughs> it. I think we said it enough already. So now let's jump to the Cowboys real quick. The Cowboys just played the Broncos, and I kind of want to get you fired up. So I'm going to tell you about what I heard today about Dak Prescott's performance. Probably a hot Sunday. take from Colin Cowherd or something. It like is that. precisely yeah. a take. I'm just calling it a take from Colin Cowherd. Uh, because he tried to downplay how Dak Prescott played yesterday against the Denver Broncos. He made the point. And Zeke. Now, he, he said, he, well, he just, he just credited the Broncos for shutting Zeke in the, in the run game down. But he basically just, instead of hating on Dak, he gave credit to the Broncos saying, the Broncos, the Giants, the Vikings, and teams with defenses of that caliber have clearly been able to slow down, almost basically stop the Cowboys' offense because they forced Dak to throw and he said Dak doesn't have the weapons to throw downfield. No, he's got the weapons. They don't have. Who's their vertical weapon? Des Bryant. Des Bryant is not good at going vertical anymore. He's You're not saying physical. that. Oh no 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 no! I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I knew he, this would get you fired up. Yeah, because he's still really good. No, he's Dak not. just can't throw to him. So his stats don't look good because Dak doesn't throw to him because he goes to Cole Beasley for the three yards and Cole Beasley turns it to twelve or whatever. Des Bryant is still the best receiver on that team. Maybe oh. Jason Witten, depending on how you view it. Vertical threat? Des Bryant is gigantic. He goes up for balls. He was beating Jackrabbit last week. He was beating nobody beats Jackrabbit on the field anymore. He he is he still was getting s- shut down by Chris Harris, but Chris Harris is very good. He's still so good, and Dak just can't hit him because he's not good. There's a reason all of his throws are are catch and runs. It's all Jason Witten for 12, or or Cole Beasley for for 20 yards after catch, or Will Tyrell Williams for a, a slant across when the middle. Those are your receivers, that your top your top receivers. You're not a good quarterback. It it, it bothers me. And I've been saying this for since he got into the league. They've to- I've, I also said that if Tony Romo was on that team last year, they win the Super Bowl. They, they are – he brings that team down so much. He's a system quarterback. You put him in any other team with any other offensive line, he's garbage. He's a fourth, third or fourth round pick, whatever he was, for a reason. He's so bad. He's not good at all. He bothers me so much that people still talk about him, how good his touchdown to interception ratio was. Yeah, I can throw three yards and let my if – if I have receivers and blocking, they can no, open you, holes no, for No, you me. can't, but I see I can throw, No, I can throw three <laughs> yards. No, you can't. I, I can't throw three yards. I mean, technically, physically, you can throw three yeah, yards. Yeah, I can throw three yards. you up behind there, you're not doing anything. I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying I disagree. I uh, think, I whatever. Think, That's I think, besides the point. I, th- I think you put someone with no arms or legs behind him. And you, you can find a way to get to get a couple yards. You know what? You were being pretty rational until just now. I hate Dak Prescott with, with <laughs> such, with, and I love Tony Romo. I'm not just a cowboy. Like, I'm a Cowboys hater, obviously, but I can appreciate talent and who's good and who's not. Tony Romo was a good quarterback. Zeke Elliott, good running back. Ezekiel uh, Zeke is the best, and, and I don't really want to comment too much on Zeke because of obvious things. But um, he's the best running back. Uh, I'd say he's probably the best running back in the league. On, with the best offensive line in the league. So, 
there's a reason he they were so yeah, good. Yeah, he like, got, you know, eight yards on nine carries last night. Yeah, you're gonna, but you're right. It happens. It's like you know they always say like starting pitchers like it's like you have thirty starts in a season. Yeah, ten of them, uh, five of them are gonna throw be, a few duds. Yeah, five of them are gonna be fantastic. Five of them are gonna be horrible, and the rest is where you decide your you know how you are. That's like how it is in football. You're I agree. You're so wait, duds. Uh, let me say this. I hate Dak. A, <laughs> a, yes, I can tell. B, that worked perfectly for me because I brought that take up specifically because I knew it would get you rattled. <laughs> You tried, uh, not man. rattled. You didn't get rattled. It would get you fired up, though, and it worked. And C, that was fantastic. I'm so happy that you just went on that rant. I do somewhat disagree with you. I think he's. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm never going to say that Dak Prescott is trash because I don't think he's trash. I no, think, I think he's trash. I just. <laughs> I know. I think he's bottom five quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I think there's. I think there's backups that are better than him. That is also ridiculous. No. He is average, and he hasn't shown to be anything above average yet. I love what he does. No, I think he's bad. with sneaking out to you know pick up a first down with his feet. I love that he throws the ball away pretty effectively and, like, smart. He doesn't throw interceptions. You wouldn't take Jimmy Garoppolo over him? I, he's such an unknown, but I may consider taking a risk. You, I, you wouldn't take – I'd take, uh, I'd take Mitch over him, Mitch Trubisky over him. What? That's absurd. Why? He's a first-round pick? I mean, he's a first-round first talent. I can't let you keep going on this before you embarrass yourself. I'm not going to embarrass myself. I can find a lot of I can find a lot of quarterbacks in this league that are better than me. I'm really praying for some feedback here. Would you take Mitch Trubisky – SBNY podcast listeners, would you take Mitch Trubisky over Dak Prescott or Jimmy Garoppolo or anyone adjacent to those two people over Dak Prescott? I want to hear where you guys rank him. What do you guys think of Dak Prescott? Hit us up on Twitter at Sportplug I'd, I'd take Teddy Bridgewater's lifeless body at this point over Dak Prescott. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Okay, so, well, that maybe makes me understand how you feel about the Cowboys. So No, 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 not the Cowboys, just Dak. Oh, I hate Dak. Okay, so let's let's put the Cowboys next to the New York Football Giants. I know we saw them play week 1. Week 1 we didn't have Odell. Week 1 is week 1. No, we have Odell, we win that game. How do you feel about Giants Cowboys in general inside the NFC East? You you have Odell, you beat them every time. And I, like they let well, not every time. You have a thousand, you know. You have a thousand games against them. Giants win 800 of those games. I I, I think that they just match up really well against them. But you don't have, you know, arguably the best receiver in football. I know he's top three without a doubt. We don't have our best distraction. We don't have our best playmaker. And we don't have our most consistent pass catcher. They still had a stat on the game tonight. He accounted for 26% of the offense last year for the Giants. Like like 10% more than any other receiver in the league. Like, he was our offense last year. And yet, he started off kind of like a bum last year, if you remember. You, you know what really surprised me, actually? When this spread came out, the Giants were favorite, three and a half, or three, whatever it was. When Odell was announced that he was playing, now maybe Vegas took into effect that he may have a limited role due to the, the banged-up ankle. The spread only changed a half a point. And I made this point on a podcast that I did. Um, it was actually the Clear McDonald podcast, uh, where I did, like, 10-minute pre- uh, NFL recap. I said Odell might be the only receiver in the NFL worth more than a half a point in a spread because usually only quarterbacks change a spread that much. Tonight, he only changed half a point, but I think Vegas probably took that into effect that he may have a limited role because realistically, this guy, even tonight, in a limited role, changed how this entire offense looked. It changed the action of Sterling Shepard. It changed the action of Evan Engram. And you know what? We actually saw Brandon Marshall get open. I, I, yeah, that's, I just want to comment on that. The receivers were open tonight. They they were open. They they drop. They had a lot of drop passes. There was that last drive when they were. I, I guess they were on the thirty or something like that. And it was three incomplete passes to go on Eli's uh, Eli's stat sheet. But there was one right to Brandon Marshall that he dropped, and one right to Evan Ingram that he dropped, and one I, I believe it was Sterling Shepard that they, he dropped right before the. Uh, it was on fourth down right before the ten yard line anyway. Eli, I, honestly, I saw flashes of what I wanted to see out of Eli tonight. Um, it just was. It wasn't really his fault, and that whole that special teams touchdown that they gave up on the return. That's rough. It's rough. That that makes Steve, you, Steve Weatherford, man. <laughs> he would have made the play. But that makes that makes the score look not representative of the game because the Lions were never really in control control of that game. The Giants could have came back in anything. It was their game to lose. You know, I wouldn't say that the the just like they did last week. It wasn't that the Cowboys or the Lions won. The Giants lost that game. You know. Absolutely. I hear you. I hear you, man. All right. Well. We got well, we got any last words on the Giants, or should we flop to some Yanks talk? Let me just go to the Yankees. I'm sick of talking to the Giants. We talked a lot. I mean, we talked for the Giants for a long time. We talked about some other teams. I made my take about the Chiefs. We'll, re- we'll revisit that. We'll revisit it. I okay. think it's not as crazy as you made it out to seem. Because, uh, I mean, off the top of my head right now, like I said, I didn't do my research yet. The Steelers are right there. And then you can throw a couple teams quick, up quick there. Quick question. That's a dynamic trio. Quick question. Out of the rookie quarterbacks, who do you like so far? Uh, I've been impressed with Deshaun Kaiser. 
I think Watson is going to be meh. And I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to see Trubisky if he comes out. Because we we talked about but this on a pod once. You, you know, young quarterbacks yeah. versus the NBA rookies. Who yeah. was more exciting? But in, in that in that consideration of young quarterbacks, I was also talking about Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. No, I know who has brought up some good some good uh, stuff in the first two weeks. They they put up a lot of points week one. Jared I mean, Goff. They played the Colts and the Colts are bad. The Colts are real bad. You think the Colts are that bad? Jacoby Brissett. Save them the other day. Yeah, but the, if the, that was Scott Tolzien, the Cardinals win by. Their two offense scores. is one thing, but do you think their defense is that bad? Yes, it's yeah, bad. it's very bad. The Cardinals yes. are also very bad, by the way. Which is crazy because the Cardinals had such a like such a quick drop from that that season they had two years ago to last season and now to this. Carson Palmer is also a million years old. Yeah, um, <laughs> my last segue will be a little bit of shade at myself because we do our NFL week, our NFL weekly picks. We drop it every Friday, so stay tuned for that this coming Friday for Week Three. But my one of my picks this week, it was actually my lock of the week, was the Cardinals six and a half over the Colts. Now I did say that before Jacoby Brissett was announced the quarterback, so that did change it. As soon as he was announced quarterback, I was way more nervous about that spread and about that pick. But the Cardinals' offense against the Colts' defense has nothing to do with Jacoby Brissett, and they looked miserable. I said the defense would be the difference maker for them beating the spread. It ended up being just a difference maker for them winning the game. Tyron Matthew had a nice interception overtime. Honey sealed badger. the deal. Love the honey badger. All right, well, that's enough about NFL Week 2. Give us your thoughts at SportsBlogMC, at PKennedy2Wise, and stay tuned on SportsBlogNewYork.com for content all week. But let's take our move. Let's make our move to the Yankees. Let's talk some baseball. Okay. So the consensus for the Yankees has been, we're winning, playing pretty good, but God damn it, the Red Sox are too. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly... It's hard to even – like, this is such, like, dead space in the season <coughs> because both teams are just playing such bad teams. I mean, I know the Twins are in the second wild card spot right now, but they're not a good team. They're, they, 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 they're always in between being a good team and not being a good team, which is why they trade away, trade away all their players after they traded for them to get uh, – because they thought they were going to be a contender this year. Um, I, it's hard to judge it, and I actually think it's going to be the detriment of both teams. Um, because they're not playing real teams at this point. There's no, and if you look at the, the standings, this is the first time I've seen this in baseball in like forever. It's so top heavy. Baseball has not been like that in for. There's always parity in baseball. There, there is no parity in this league at all. There's two divisions where there's a race for the division. Two out of all six of them. That's crazy. And that's the AL East and a- the NL Central. Yep. That's crazy, and you know those teams are going to get bounced real quick in the in the playoffs. I, uh, at least I don't like the Cubbies. I don't. I don't like the Cubbies. Cubbies at all. make the dance. You better watch out. I don't think so at all. Back I actually, in the series, I think I think this the wild card team that wins the wild card game. You got to watch out for it because I think the Diamondbacks they start rolling. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies are scared. I, I've been saying the Rockies all year. Those are good teams. Dodgers and the Nats. I think we'll lose earlier than people think. Again. Because <laughs> they're the Dodgers and the Nets. It's always how it works. Um, but I, I don't think the Cubs are that good of a team at all. Um, I just think, you know what, Cubs get in the dance again. They rekindle some fire. They've been way better in the second half. If they get in the dance and they win a few games, they can start the roll, and then we can see Indians-Cubs rematch. No, you're not going to see that. That no, would make no, me really no, excited, No though. shot at all. Come on, how exciting they- would that be? It would be, but it's not going to happen. I, I live in I live in the real world. Oh yeah, all right. Um, Let's put five bucks on it. Okay, I would put a thousand dollars on it. I guarantee you. <laughs> I don't have that type of cash. Yeah, well, I guarantee you that won't happen because all right, the I Dodgers. Bet five bucks, this, you bet a this is the first year the Dodgers like the Dodgers are going to steamroll the first round of the divisional series. They're going to get beat in the second round, and the Dodgers would play the, the Cubs. Or uh, oh no, I'm sorry. No, the yeah. The, no, no, you're no, spitting. They, you're they spitting play the wild card. Here they now. play the wild card team. So let's, the, let's get back the, to the. Oh Yankees. no no no! The, the Nats play. The Nats play the Cubs. That's going to be a fun one. Because, Who knows if anything you're saying is accurate right now? Well, it's pretty. It's actually pretty locked up. Because as long as the Cubs win the division, because the 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 Dodgers have such a lead on the on the right. best record. They play the wild card. Play Cubs the wild Nats. Team. Gotcha. That yeah. makes sense actually. All right. Well, let's move back to the Yankees. So I made a statement to you, being a guy who. Is not a Yankees fan, not a guy who watches every night, but watches more Yankee baseball than any other baseball that I watch. Well, not you, saying too much, but yes. you don't support a team that actually plays baseball. No, the Mets don't play no, baseball. Don't play baseball. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so I watch more Yankees than I do anything else, but not saying too much. So what I said to you tonight that you disputed, I want to bring up and bring to the SBNY listeners. That is about the Yankees bullpen. So we were talking about that wild card game, and that's the big debate now for the Yankees: who gets the ball? Who do you want out there in the one-and-done, win-it-or-go-home 
wild card game? The easy answer is Luis Severino. Some people say Sonny Gray. But you said something different because you actually feel pretty confident. Now, why I said Sonny Gray would be good is because he's consistent. He's a little bit around the block. He's seasoned. He's been really good for the Yankees so far. But you said he doesn't last in games. I'd honestly rather CeCe Sabathia. I th- I think Which is crazy to me, but explain to me why you think that works better and why the bullpen still scares you even though they have a rep of being really strong. I'm, I'm just so confident that we're going to win the wild card, and I'm not a confident guy on my teams at all. No. But I think the Yankees are a legitimate playoff team, not a contender, but they're a legitimate team that deserves to be in the playoffs as opposed to this whoever's going to get out of the second wild card. The team is so floundering. Whatever team gets it is so floundering around 500, and we all season have beat teams below us. We We... We have a hard time beating teams, teams that are better than us. It's they're, like, The Yankees are who they, they are on paper. For once, baseball actually makes sense. Yeah, they, the Yankees are very much who they are on paper. I'm so confident. And our pitcher, CeCe, has been really good. He's a gamer. He's been so fired up like his past three or four starts. And he is a playoff guy. He's always done well in the playoffs. He's – it'll never happen. It's going to be Severino. Don't get me wrong. I know that. And you'll be happier with that, realistically. I, I don't know that I am because I want Severino to start game one of the of – the, But like it, I said, dude, then you can get Sonny Gray to start game one. But he's but Sonny Gray goes six innings. He never goes – he's gone past one or two. And he gives up the long ball. He does. He, he, a lot of times it's solo shots. So you're just not confident in Sonny Gray? No, I'm not confident in Sonny Gray. I, I, I know he did really well in his rookie season for the A's. That was like three years ago, and he's been hurt all the time. And he's a good pitcher, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's been putting up good outings. He's be- he's not as good as his numbers say that he is. He's solid. He's like a solid, he's a really good third pitcher. And Tanaka I'm actually pretty confident in too. He's been playing great as long as he's not a day game. He's been playing fantastic. He's had one or two clunkers. That's a weird there. caveat, huh? <laughs> that Tanaka can't play game- day games? It's so weird. It's super duper weird. But the Yankees have, Yankees have a really good playoff team. They they have a really they can gonna, they can put runs quick which is really good in the playoffs and you know th- something that's been lost when they had that big losing streak a lot of people were hurt like not a losing streak but when they were just you know that slide it was a losing streak <laughs> it was pretty well, bad it's, they, it's not like they had like eighteen games in a row it was just like you know lot, what I mean they lost of, like seven in a row at one point or six or some, something something like that but they 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 had a lot of like losing a series two one or breaking even on a four game series stuff like that where you just can't build and judge was hard they actually have the best record that they've had all year at this point right. Yeah. So they, 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 they've been able to climb out of it. But they didn't have Starling Castro. Aaron Hicks is back on the deal, but they didn't have Matt Holliday. They didn't have Greg Bird. They didn't have Greg Bird, who's been playing great Greg Bird. Um, he's hitting like like three home runs in the past four games or something like that. Um, you know, everyone's been hurt on this team. It seems like some of the bullpen guys, and I don't have confidence in a role this Chapman or Dylan Batances, and I never will. I'd rather have the guy who's like a Tommy Canley or David Robertson who's going to put some people on base, but he always gets out of it. This is where I want to get to when you were here. This is what I want to get to. Because, you know, a lot of my Yankees intake is via, you know, radio airwaves, whether it be Michael K. Show, whether it be the fan at night, whether it be whatever. That's where I get a lot of my Yankees intakes. Like I said, I don't watch every game, but I watch more Yankees than anything else. The bullpen, I know it's had its ups and downs and its woes here and there. But the bullpen's a strength. And the moves that the Yankees made, getting David Robinson and Canley, uh, you know, switching Chapman out of the closer role for a little bit to refresh him seems to have worked a little bit to get him going a little bit. Whether or not the bullpen has been as consistent as you would have liked, from my perspective, you have to treat it as a strength. Because if you treat the bullpen scared, that's when it crumbles. When you pull somebody out of a role that they're they're not supposed to be in, or when you put somebody in a role they're not used to, you have to roll with Chad Green, well, actually, Chad, uh, Canley, and Robertson, and Batanzas, and Chapman, because those names I just spewed out are ridiculous to have in the same bullpen. And whether or not they've been consistent, you need to treat them as a strength, especially in a one-game playoff. Well, George already has been doing that. He's not been doing that. He's been taking people out when, you know, like... He, the other day, if I, I, I mean, there's a difference between him playing matchups and him just taking people out. No, but he's been taking he, like he'll take up. He took out Cece Sabathia with like four and two thirds. He had nobody on base to play the matchup. Uh, he took out uh, Dylan Batanzas the other day. He had like he had he had struck out two and then uh, like a bloop single went, uh, went through or like a dribbler that went past the infield got a guy on base. And he took him out for uh, for I think it was a roll to Chapman and, he, and he, he gave up a run off of that. He's been playing scared with his guys. He's been playing. Quick matchups, 
for no reason when you got that. It doesn't show confidence in your bullpen guys. And more often than not, this has always been my issue with the Yankees, this, but Yankees bullpen this year is that their numbers aren't representative because all they do is give up inherited runs. He brings in a new guy. That new guy is going to give up that other guy's run, and uh, and he'll get out of his. So his, his ERA will go down. They can never get people out when they're already on base if somebody comes in, and that's not what you want in the in the bullpen uh, bullpen in the playoffs. And yeah. Well, as a that, guy, that blows games. As a guy, and I know you, so I know you do this. You're a guy who watches the Yankees night in, night out. You've seen the bullpen work, and it's a fair it's a fair assessment. I think you have you probably have fact behind it, but if I'm Girardi, if I'm the Yankees, if I'm the bullpen pitchers, bull, whatever, bullpen manager, you need to show up most confident to them, and you need to do it early, because that's how you get them rolling for the playoffs, and that's my main point, is that you have this talent, and whether or not they've done it consistently for the whole year, you need to trust them, you need to throw them out there. I, I really actually disagree with you a lot. Um, because the, but they're the, they're going to be the guys who win the games for you late when you need them. Yeah, in the no, but I disagree. Including I, I disagree. The wild card I disagree. Game. And and they what's, actually, wait wait wait. What's more likely though, Severino, Tanaka, or Sonny Gray going eight, and you only need one of those guys, or one of those guys going six or seven, and you need two or three of them? I if you put Severino out there, you can go seven or eight for you easy. Well, yeah. then he's your guy. I, I he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. But something that they said on the broadcast, and it was, it was Kay and O'Neill the other day. Or maybe it was today, I forget. But Girardi's not worried about hurting people's feelings. If he feels that he's going to bench somebody because he thinks that the opportunity is there, Matt Holiday keeps getting benched. He's a very he's a grizzled veteran who's had a lot of success in this league. He's putting Chase Headley out there. You know, Chase Headley's hot. You got to put Chase Headley. He's not worried about hurting feelings. When CC can't get a win, it doesn't help the team, but it helps his stat sheet. He doesn't care. Right. He's going for the win. So you you can. It's not that you're running scared. You're playing the the matter. This is. Baseball managers probably have the most success out of any head coach of any any uh, have, have the most impact on the team out of any sport I think because it's so much it's on on any game yeah yeah Maybe. yeah but it's just so much strategy that's Maybe involved. not football though football's crazy I don't because there's so many there's so much coaches that have an impact on a head coach fair. That's fair. Managers are managers. Like, it's their team. It's, it's Coordinators, quarterback coaches. Exactly. Yeah. It's their, Special a lot, teams. A lot of these head coaches aren't even calling their plays, you know? Right. Um, but manager, there's a reason he's not called a head coach. He's a manager. He manages the game, decides what goes out in certain situations and figures it out. And I actually have more faith in Girardi, even though sometimes I get frustrated with him. I think he's a fantastic manager. Thank you for saying that. Oh, I say it all the time. Because you know where I was going right now, right? I was going to bring up my, my weekly Yankees talk, you're crazy if you think you want to fire Girardi. Oh, no, I think, what he, I think he's a fantastic man. He, I think he, he irks me a lot with some of his quick snaps on Sure, the- exactly. You're right. It's fair to get irked by him. But my man's a good manager. And my man, like you said, Who's isn't better? scared of his players. Who? Who? He takes charge of the locker room. He leads that team. He's well-respected by the team. And, he, and they play hard. He, he always gets the best out of his players. I say this every time. I'm going to say it again. I haven't got a response yet. So if you, have one, players too, if you have one Twitter world, if you have one SBNY listeners, give me a name and a reason on why he should be the coach over Joe Girardi because you don't have one. You don't have another name. You don't have another reason for a different manager than Joe Girardi. I need to say that as much as possible because it's ridiculous that Yankees fans out there want him gone and think he's the biggest reason on why the Yankees don't win every game. Do you remember when you told me that Buck Showalter was a better manager than, than Joe Girardi? <laughs> I think Buck Showalter's a good manager. A trash manager. Whatever. Like, I don't have as much facts to back that up. It's just like things I hear, so I just like throw it out yeah, there. Buck Showalter was trash when he was on the Yankees and he was trash when he was on the Orioles. He got lucky a couple years because the Yankees were bad. Now he's a trash manager again with a team that's horrible. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, I don't let, like Buck Showalter. Let's, I never let's him. end this podcast by listen just give me your gut give me your feeling on these next uh what is it 12 games left yankees fall to one game back in the division that's how the uh that season ends which is going to be killer to me so wild card but one game back in the division i think they they easily win the wild card and i'm not saying they're going to steamroll them by the box score but i don't think it's ever going to be in doubt um because i don't think the twins are a good team if that's who they play i don't think the angels are a good team I think that they, they lose pretty heavily in the next round. I think they lose pretty heavily in the in the DS. But hey, this was a rebuilding year. You gotta be happy with that. I'm happy with it. I never expected them to be a contender this year. I still don't expect them to be a contender this year. You just expect them to hopefully be in the dance. Just fun to watch. Just get in the dance and have some fun. And if they, if there's one thing this team was this year, it's fun to watch. Is they were they were an enjoyable team who put up a lot of runs. I think they put the put up like the they have like the 
No, they have they've scored the most, if I'm not mistaken, in the game this year. I'm not sure. I'm well, pretty sure they have a pretty ridiculous. And run they have like the they have like the third best run differential because they they've lost so many tight games and blow people out otherwise. Yeah, they they have the worst record in baseball one one run games mm. by far. All right, so who's who's starting it? Severino, wild card game, Severino. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, my heart, my 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 gut says obviously it's Severino, and my heart says not because I think you win that game easily. Well, I'm really confident. I know the saying for football is any given Sunday. I'm not sure the equivalent in baseball. baseball. It's totally that way though. It's totally that way. I don't know. Look at the wild card teams from the past couple of years when they. Yeah, Mad Bum was the best pitcher on the on the field, and the Mets got beat. Yeah, <laughs> last that's year. what I'm saying. You're, You're right. It's a good point. It's, home field advantage is huge in baseball. It's more so than any other sport by far, in my opinion, because <coughs> your team is built for a stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, a good, it's a good point. All right. Well, you know what? We'll have to wait and see. we got 10 or 12. What is it? 11, 12 15 games? 15 or 16 games left. I think the Mets have 12 games left, but well, who cares about them? Uh, well, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode of the SBNY Podcast. I'm going to leave you guys with this, and we could close with some final thoughts. I got a Bleacher Report update during the recording of this Benny podcast. Yeah, so we're doing this obviously right after the Giants game on Monday night, giving you guys the content for Tuesday morning. But Giants head coach Ben McAdoo, according to Bleacher Report, throws Eli Manning under the bus for crucial delay of game penalty Good. on the fourth and goal versus the Lions. So Benny Boy throwing See, Eli under the bus. Benny Big Balls? Benny Big Balls. <laughs> that was it. There's a lot of caveats in this podcast, though. Uh, now, I, I thought you knew a caveat, but now I don't know what that was. Ca- oh, that wasn't a caveat, but no, yeah. in general, there oh, was. Oh, in general, it's a big caveat podcast, absolutely. It was. It was. Thank you for turning on Scott Van Pelt at the end of this podcast. <laughs> I thought it was on mute. I, I can see that you're done with this episode. <laughs> no, I thought it was on mute. I was trying to check the score or something. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, this is been my podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. Alec Argento. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, SoundCloud, Google Play, the whole nine. Come back every week. Tell your friends. And more importantly, enjoy your week.